0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: Hello, everyone. This is your producer, Jemmy, with episode number 511 of Best Of. The gang is out today, so we're rolling things back to November 6, 2015, when Reese and chatted with the winner of the Retired Racehorse Project, and they also talked about the USDF finals and shared a total saddle fit tip of the week on starting retired resources.
2: Listen in. The sun is just peeking above the tree line as you walk into the barn. You grab your horse's halter off the hook and head out to the field. The dew shimmers in the sun as you walk across the damp grass. You call his name and his head comes up as he walks toward you, looking for the apple in your pocket. You take your time grooming, enjoying the peace and quiet in the empty barn. A refreshing breeze greets you as you start down the tree-lined path. Your horse ambles along on a loose rein as you both enjoy a relaxing ride. The feeling you get on an early morning hack is why we do what we do at Kentucky Performance Products. This feeling is brought to you by MicroPhase. Fill the nutritional gaps in your horse's diet. Microphase Vitamin and Mineral Supplement is a low-calorie way to provide your horse with the vitamins and minerals missing from their diet. The horse that matters to you, matters to us.
3: This is episode 336 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Dr. Rose's Remedies and TotalSaddleFit.com. This week, we have the winner of the Retired Racehorse Project, Carly Fedorka, and Laura Bruquette, who will be competing this weekend in the Grand Prix Freestyle at the USDF Finals.
1: This is Reese Koffler-Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky.
3: And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. It's just us. It's just us tonight. <laughs> no, it's just us. No, Glenn and we.
1: Well, yep, yeah, we're a little bit early. We're recording Tuesday night um, because uh, I am heading to the U.S. finals myself, and uh, on Thursday night, I don't know what we'll be doing, but
3: it's it going to be busy.
1: Yeah, it was just easier and a little less stressful for me to sort of get the show knocked out early in the week. So yeah,
3: that's pretty awesome. Well, I guess um, our listeners should know that that we were hanging out last week, yeah. and so. And um, we didn't
1: get a picture. We didn't get a it
3: picture. 100%. Yeah, that's our bad. Not
1: smart of us. But <laughs> yeah, you came down. You came down last week and it was awesome. You helped me get um, Elan Core. Hello, ready for the finals, which was awesome. We worked on a lot of suppleness, uh, which was super helpful. And then we rode through the third three. Uh, the can work was. I was super happy with. And then our second round of the trot work was awesome.
3: So yeah, feels Working on ready? some stuff.
1: Yeah, he's he's no joke.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just attention you know. to detail, right? You yeah, know, it was when... great.
1: Like you know what what the tempo should be and how I should ride through the corners, and you know this is why it's always great to have friends and
3: eyes God, on the ground. Eyes
1: have, yeah, eyes, on, eyes the ground on the ground, and you know how to have you know Philip. What's nice is he's very honest, but he's usually very kind about being honest.
3: <laughs> <laughs> as dip, dip, you have to say things Diplomatic. as diplomatically yeah, as possible. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Which is good. I mean, I could probably take it from you if you really said. Actually, I think yeah. after my first run of the trot work, you're like, okay, that was terrible. Let's. Try.
3: <laughs> <laughs> not sure I said terrible, but not good, anyways.
1: Yeah. Not... Sure. Well, you weren't very happy, but um, but it was great. So yeah, you came true. down really for well to hang out, of course, and help
3: me get ready for this week. But well, the um, other, there's so many exciting things happening in in Lexington that week. Um, uh, primarily the Breeders' Cup, right? Hmm.
1: As so you came down, and uh, we have to give a huge shout-out to Kiki Cortellis and the Town & Country Farm family. Um, they are the owners also of My Horses, so it's very much part of the team. And, and they won the Breeders' Cup Distaff on Friday with Stop Charging Maria. Uh, so that even made it even more fun for our whole team.
3: That was very uh, exciting, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy, it was
1: really fun. So she was on Friday, and Friday was a really long day, wasn't it?
3: It was a big day. We uh, we ended up. Uh, we wanted to see some of the workouts in the morning, so we went up and uh, went over to Keenland. What time did we get there? Like seven a.m. Oh,
1: I think I met you uh, and Dr. Anna at six thirty.
3: Yeah, um, and then we drove over there.
1: Yeah, we did have a slight detour to Starbucks, <laughs> which could have put, potentially been our. We just missed American Pharaoh. Uh, and I'm not saying it was the Starbucks latte that missed it, but <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe if we hadn't seen, but actually they just brought them on on Friday and did a quick spin.
3: Yeah. I the think track. they said they did it, Yeah. One lap and a half. So it's tough, tough to miss. Yeah. But, yeah, I uh, think
1: maybe would have missed him anyways, but it was super it was cool. cool. Yeah. I had never been to Keeneland or any racetrack for that matter. Um,
3: for the workouts
1: in the morning work, which, um,
3: it was still dark. It
1: like. Yeah. It was, it still, was dark. still dark. And it is open to the public. Well, at least at Keeneland it is, and um, it was fantastic. Really enjoyed the experience, and it was cool to see. You know, there's some strategy and all that. And yeah, just how the yeah. training
3: of resources goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like so, you know, sort of like a dressage warm up. Right? Oh, That's it's exactly
1: right. Like yeah. who, you know, what, what, you know, how many laps? What they decide to do? Uh, like Pharaoh had breezed on Thursday, and then it sounds like he had a relatively light day on Friday to get ready for the big race on Saturday um, which was really cool. So uh, Lexington really embraced I think having the World Equestrian Games here and we do have big events now all the time. The National um, Hunter Jumper Show was here last week which also brought in a ton of people. There was a football game. There was just a lot going on in town and Um,
3: They threw a big party. We checked that out too. We
1: went downtown Downtown. and they closed the street, which, you know, again, they they did that during the WEG. Um, So they did it again and they had, um, you know, food trucks and vendors and they had two different stages of bands. bands. So, yeah, we went down there actually both uh, nights and that was fun. And I mean, it was just a really um, exciting time. Uh, So it was fun to have Phil here because, you know, whenever you have people in town, you actually like go and do that stuff. I'm not sure. (laughs) Uh, So we had a big time. It was, it was a lot of fun and fun to share with Phil. You, you're pretty good though. You, you kind of know your way around Lexington better and better each
3: time you go. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And just this, the stuff we want to do and the stuff to miss and, and trying to miss traffic and parking and, and all of that. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it was really fun. It was really fun. And capped off by the, by the wind by American Pharaoh
1: yes oh and i hope everybody got to see it and if you didn't see it you really should um you know it's all over youtube and uh, he's just i think he class horse- the
3: horses i mean it was like <laughs> well, two different races like you know
1: yeah it was unbelievable and yeah. i think we all of us in the sport if it's racing or hunter jumper or whatever you watch you know to see a champion horse we all know how hard that is and what are the odds of that and uh, it was
3: just it's really unbelievable surprising. i mean just in any sport i'm a real fan of of, you know, sort of all sports. I, I watch a lot of baseball, NFL football, you know, and, and, you know, to sort of recognize a, a champion and, and to see it, um, you know, happen. And that's the, that's the first Triple Crown winner in my lifetime. And that is the first horse to have completed the Triple Crown and won the breeder because the Breeders Cup wasn't, wasn't available to the horses who had won the Triple Crown before. So this moments in history, right? And just yeah. to appreciate that and, uh, yeah. is, is incredible. So. Yeah. It was awesome. And everybody in Lexington, you know, it's, it's such a horsey community when something like that is going on, you know, it's, everybody knows about it. You, you know, you walk into a gas station or whatever, yeah. they're talking about the races, they're talking about American Pharaoh and, and the horses that win. So everybody's sort of, because that's the economy around there. I think that's, that's right. you know, um everybody has a, has an sure. opinion or has a stake in it somewhere. So it's, <laughs> it's unbelievable yeah. to spend time, you know, during Big races in in Kentucky, so yeah, fantastic. We had a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: yeah. So anybody, you know, again, uh, we always plug the jury too. Phil comes down a, if you come down really spring and fall a lot of times and
3: yeah the, it's nice it there's you know it's just sort of right before our season and right after our show season so I sort of can sort of book and uh a vacation around it that's yeah. awesome <laughs> we love it
1: we love when Phil comes and uh, the boys they they do they talk about all kinds of sports and football and I just get to you know smile and nod a lot of times
4: but
1: it's <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> so yeah and so you know this and then this coming week now with the uh dressage nationals um you know I'll
3: we have even more come, people coming to town yeah it's a different it's super group
1: fun. just a yeah. different group so the party continues here and um you know again uh, the horse park looks beautiful and and i did get to poke my head in I, I went and uh you know got my stall ready and that kind of stuff today and checked in while i knew it would be a little quieter this afternoon and it's true The main ring it's beautiful they really they've done a nice job so it'll be
3: fun. And we've got some nice weather coming in hey
1: I hope so. There is supposed to be rain. Of course I show up fr- outside on Friday and there's supposed to be rain, but it's not going to rain. It's
3: what was the, what was the temperature there? Cuz I'm telling you, I think we broke some records in uh, in Ontario here with temperatures.
1: Uh it was for sure in the in the high 70s today here. It was absolutely gorgeous. Horses no sheets. We gave yeah. baths.
3: It yeah, we gave ba- bath. Yeah, we were bathing today. That's why it yeah. was people and riding outside and um yeah, I I I took a couple of photos today, actually, because it, it was just so nice. I yeah, i no, to post like, those. Yeah, awesome.
5: yeah, this week here is supposed
1: to be nice, so all good stuff.
3: Great, yeah. great. Well, we have well, an we, awesome show.
1: We do. We have a really fun show. Um, you, know, I, we've been kind of following this retired racehorse project all the way through, and and Carly Fedorka, you will enjoy her. Um, she's a, at the University of Kentucky getting a doctorate, and she's great. And she's going to tell you a little bit about the horse that she won uh, the dressage portion of the. Uh, retired racehorse project so you'll enjoy her and then laura burkett uh she's also from kentucky she's from about well, an hour and a half or so two hours away in louisville and she's competing in her first uh, u.s dressage national finals uh, in the grand prix freestyle division so she'll enjoy her
3: great well right after this commercial we'll get to uh, carly fedorka
0: Dr. Rose's Remedies Skin Treatment salve and Spray are 100% all-natural products. They are anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal. Dr. Rose's are made with all human-grade ingredients and are safe and effective for treatment for all manner of cuts and scrapes on your horse. And Dr. Rose's is the must-have product here at the Horse Radio Network headquarters to keep PT scooters, delicate white pasterns, free from dew poisoning and scratches. Ask for Dr. Rose's at your local tax store or feed supplier, or visit them online at drrosesremedies.com. That's drrosesremedies.com.
1: Well, this evening, it is really a pleasure to have Carly Fedorka. She is a University of Kentucky student getting her doctorate in veterinary sciences. And Carly won the Retired Racehorse Project. Carly, welcome to the show. Hi, how's it going? Great. Well, we are, you know, I, we were rooting everybody on at this horse show. It was such a cool event. And I'm just thrilled that a fellow UK grad won. So can you start us off in the beginning? You, you ride a horse. His name is Nixon. And uh, can you kind of start us off? How'd you start? And where'd you find Nixon? And all that good stuff.
6: Well, um, I'm pretty lucky in that I come from the thoroughbred industry, and I have quite a few connections within the industry, and a local farm manager, Brent Wilson, actually told me about a horse that he'd gotten off the track that he wanted me to come see. So I was lucky enough to actually get approached by somebody else, and when I went and saw him, I just fell in love with his type and his confirmation and his size and just everything about him screamed sport horse to me.
3: Well, ta- yeah. Sorry, I just let's talk about the qualities of his confirmation and, and the things that that I guess the both of you thought would would make a good riding horse.
6: Um, well, first and foremost, he was sound. Uh, that's a huge priority for me since I am primarily an eventer. So they can't retire from racing due to any real soundness issues because they won't hold up in eventing either. But um, besides that, I really look at shoulder and hip angles. Um, I'm actually a big stickler for ankles. I don't want pasterns that are either too long or too short and upright. i just kind of a general appearance and how he walks through his conformation. And he was a $300,000 yearling, so you can only imagine how well he's put together.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. So what was the first process? You, you went and found him, and then what happened
6: next? Well, I'm actually kind of weird in that I I have to ride the horses before I commit to taking them on. So usually I get horses that have been turned out for a while, but Nixon had actually just shipped in from the racetrack, and I asked Brent if I could swing up on him, and he thought I was crazy, but I did, and just kind of put him through his paces and saw whether or not he was adjustable and if he had a good brain. And primarily, just made sure he wasn't going to buck me off, which he didn't. <laughs> so, it all worked out.
3: So, Carly, tell us how he came to not being a racehorse anymore. What, what was he just not fast enough?
6: Um, actually, it was a little bit of a mix of both. So, Nixon, the horse that I had in the race, um, racehorse makeover. He actually won a half a million dollars on the track. He's a grade three winner, um, grade two and grade one slate and just a really, really strong racehorse. But he unfortunately had slipped down the ranks and he was running in $5,000 claimers in New Mexico. So the farm that owned him when he was such a hot racehorse um, actually claimed him back for the $5,000 tag and shipped him home to ensure that he was going to be retired, sound, and safe.
3: That's awesome. Well, that's a nice, yeah, that's a nice yeah, piece of the story.
6: Really cool. Yeah, they did really, really well by the horse and Vinmar Farm and Mark Farrell and the entire team is just their, the epitome of good thoroughbred owners.
1: Very cool. So you got Nixon, you started. So wh- tell us a little bit about, you know, your training process for the last, I guess it would be nine months or so.
6: Yeah, I actually got him in May, so it was only about six months. I had a little bit of an unfair advantage, but he last raced at the end of March, and then we gave him about six or seven weeks off just to, you know, get a little bit of letdown. Um, With Nixon, I found that the most important thing with his retraining process was just lots of long, slow miles. Uh, We did a lot of trail riding, a lot of just hacking both on my farm as well as at master Station and different, you know, local equestrian facilities like that. And it really helped with getting his brain back into, um, a training program and got him to get all of the hot, high energy juices out of him.
3: So I guess you did all the training and then you, and then you decided, well, you were going to show him in this retired, ra- retired racehorse, uh, competition. Tell us a little bit about the competition, what you had to do. And, uh, and, and how you got the horse to, how, how you made a champion.
6: Oh, gosh. Um, well, I kind of got him with the intent of doing the competition. The horses had to uh, race since, uh, I think it was January 1st, 2013, and they could not have had more than 15 rides before January 15th of this year. So I knew that he qualified for all of that, and I, I tend to always have a project thoroughbred, that I use as a sales project. And so I got him primarily to have him as a sales project, but also with the intent of doing the project. Um, I bit off a bit more than I could chew. And for the first few months, Nixon was quite the terror. And he was not exactly um, the perfect project, I guess is the best way to put it. So for the first few months, it really was just trail riding and getting his brain to listen to me and teaching him some negotiation skills. Um, He did not think that I was anything more than a fly on his back. (laughs) So it really hasn't been until about the last two months, quite honestly, that I've been able to get real training rides on him.
1: Awesome. So, so the last two months getting ready for the project, what were some highlights of those months?
6: Um, some of the biggest highlights for me are extremely simple, and it sounds strange coming, I guess, from winning because everybody thinks that he's this elite horse that's so well-trained. But really, the first big accomplishment was getting into trot. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we, had, we had a walk and a canter, not much of a trot, so that was a huge accomplishment. Uh, the next big accomplishment was getting him to stay inside dressage Ring because mm-hmm. he assumed that the outer panels were just jumps. Um, And then the third major accomplishment was getting him onto a trailer to get him to the shows, (laughs) but really it all just kind of clicked in his brain. And within one week, I went from, you know, not wanting to ride him at the end of the day to craving riding him at the end of the day. And I took him to his first real show at the Kentucky horse park the weekend before the makeover, left it at the last minute possible. And he won his combined test that weekend. So I guess you could say Nixon is officially undefeated.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
6: Love it.
3: So what what it, what is the retirement racehorse show all about? Do you have to show a dressage test and, and what else?
6: So for dressage, it was actually really strange for me. I'm not a dressage rider by any means, but we did um, training level test two and then The minute that we did our final salute, we had two minutes to do a freestyle of any movements that we wanted. Um, Once that was done, we actually went in and did a matérial, which was new to me. I actually had a YouTube, what it was. (laughs) And then if you placed in the top three, and I think there was about 30 or a little bit more than 30 riders in dressage, if you placed in the top three out of all of those, You came back on Sunday, and were in the finale. And it was, again, a four-minute freestyle of just whatever movements you wanted to put your horse through.
1: So how did the finale go?
6: The finale was phenomenal for Nixon. Um, Just, I can't even put into words how good he was, but it was his first time in an indoor arena. And there was an audience of a couple hundred people, and it really fried quite a few of the horse's brains. And I had jokingly told somebody a few months ago that Nixon just seems to thrive off of an audience. Um, I don't know if he thinks he's in the paddock or if he thinks that he's at the sales, but he shows off and he went into that indoor arena and put his little body in a nice frame and just bebopped around. Probably the best ride I've ever had on him. Oh, that is awesome.
3: So what, tell us two things. Um, first, what were you doing for your freestyle and what were, what were some other you know people sort of showing off you know i just kind of i'm curious about what what that was all about and then maybe you could tell us about the uh, materiel class for those who have never shown in one either you know give us a bit of an education
6: okay Uh for the for my freestyle i really wanted to focus on nixon's canter um he has a phenomenal canter I, it's the closest thing to an, a grand prix dressage horse that i'm gonna sit on um, and he's very adjustable. So I really did a lot of counter-canner work. Um, we did lengthenings and just showed that he could move out and come back to me um, and really highlighted that. I tried to keep it really simple. For having him only had about two or three months of actual training, I didn't want him to fall on his forehand or get counter-bent or Kind of lose his brain because I was pushing for too much. So we kept it. We kept it very, very, very simple. We did lengthening, shoulder in, that type of thing. Um, a lot of other people. I actually spoke with the judges afterward, and they said that the only thing that bothered them as judges was that a lot of people asked for higher level movements than what their horse was prepared for. So people were actually trying to do like tempi changes with some of these thoroughbreds and. Um, and even just if they were going to try leg yields or counter-tanner work, the horse was falling out of a frame or onto the forehand. And so they penalized that pretty heavily. They didn't want to just see movements to see movements. They wanted to see them done properly.
1: Well, I think that's just a
3: great well, that, that's a tip. Well, yeah, that's a good point, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, like yeah. that's a great tip for anybody doing a freestyle. or Or, you know, you want to do – there's still a technical aspect of it. Um, exactly. So, you know, you don't want to yeah.
3: do tempi well, lo- it lots of people can do bad tempi changes or, or whatever exactly. so well, yeah if you're going to attempt they it
6: actually, they they announced at the very end of the finale that the reason that Nixon won they said that the top three horses were all phenomenal and they were the two horses that I rode against during warm up I thought I was going to vomit watching them go because they were beautiful but they said that they rewarded Nixon because he was the epitome of the training pyramid he was doing exactly where he should be at training wise for a training level horse. And I never tried to put his, you know, his head up into a second level frame. And I never tried to ask him for stuff he wasn't ready for.
1: Yeah, That's
3: no, a I very think. nice compliment. Yeah.
6: That's a, that's
1: a fantastic thing. And, and something you always want to hear as a writer, like, okay. So, so Carly, can you tell us a little bit about what happened in the material class? I have to be honest. I don't think I've ever ridden in a material <laughs> class. <laughs> No, Um, I haven't.
6: It was actually probably my favorite part of the competition. To me, I grew up doing a lot of quarter horse shows, which sounds strange, but one of the classes in the shows that I did was called Road hat. And what they did in the Road Hat class was they asked for it was a normal pleasure class, but then they asked for lengthening. And that was kind of what the material was. It was a flat class for dressage. And From what I was told is that they were just scoring it based on potential. So really push your horse for big, vibrant skates, and you would be rewarded. Again, though, don't push too much and have your horse fall in a face. Um, But for me, it was a blast. I have a horse that really wants to move, so it's hard for him to be contained into tiny little small dressage arenas. But it was in the big covered arena, and it was just, you know, lengthen down the side and really get big, big, um, movements. And that's one thing Nixon has going for him. So I just smiled the entire time.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Well, uh, Carly, just for the very end, can you tell us a little bit about what's Nixon's next step?
6: Nixon, um, unfortunately for me, unfortunately for somebody else is for sale. Um, I got him with the intent to sell him. I always have this one project horse and, I really think it's a good thing to get one at a time and really give them undivided attention and then move them on um, for somebody else to really enjoy them. He will hopefully get to be with an upper-level rider. I'm going to be extremely picky about who buys him. Um, the, The race owners that gave him to me have a clause in my contract where if he ever is injured or unable to be ridden, he has a permanent retirement home on their farm. So we're going to be pretty picky about who gets him, but whoever does, I'm sure we'll see them at Rolex in about five years.
1: Oh, that's so exciting. Well, we will definitely keep our eye on him as well. Carly, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you guys so much for having me. Well, I really enjoyed hearing Carly's story. That's fantastic. And, you know, again, uh, we have lots of racehorses around here and to hear um, that, number one, the trainer before Carly and the owner really took good care of him and, and they want Nixon to go to the right Uh, family after this is pretty cool so fingers crossed nixon will find a great home Uh, and uh, next we're going to talk to laura burquette about her journey to the u.s national dressage finals well this evening for our national preview we are so excited to have laura burquette she is from battle creek dressage usdf gold medalist and she qualified with her horse giacomo m for the grand prix freestyle laura welcome to the show thank you so much well, I am super excited to see you and Jack go on Saturday night. Are you looking forward to the big show? I am.
4: I'm nervous, but I'm looking forward to it.
1: <laughs> and do you know what? What's your time on Saturday
4: night? Do you know yet? We tra- draw for times on a Friday. So the class starts at 730 and it will go about until 10, 15 p.m., which is much later than our normal schedule. Um, but we will be the evening entertainment, I suppose, so I'm All really looking
1: forward to it. Oh, that would be fantastic. I know, 10.15, I'm honestly getting in my pajamas, getting ready for bed, I'm not
4: going to lie. <laughs> I, think, I think my park might be a little surprised when I tack him up, but
1: yeah, you know, hopefully <laughs> well, he's ready to play. Oh, I'm sure he'll be so excited, and I'm sure the atmosphere last year was uh, really, really fun. So I think you'll, you guys, will have a great time. So, Laura, let's start from the beginning. I mean, how did you and Jack decide to qualify at the Grand Prix Freestyle level for nationals?
4: Um, it was actually a very pleasant surprise. Um, we competed at the Region Four Championships. We did the Grand Prix, the I Two, and the Grand Prix Freestyle. Um, and we're lucky enough to qualify on um, placing with the Grand Prix freestyle, and we are um, alternates in line for the Grand Prix. So that's really exciting. Um, so we didn't set out specifically with this as a goal at the beginning of the season, but I'm really happy that we're here.
3: Awesome. Can you give us a little bit of a of history about about you and your horse, when you got together, and, and uh, how long you've been working together, and that kind of thing?
4: Yes. Um, I've had Jack for three years now. Um, I got him, and he was, let's see, he had competed through Pre-St. George in the past. Um, He was showing second level when I got him, and he was not a great fit with his um, current owner. So uh, he actually ended up, I bought him sight unseen from Vermont and had him shipped down. And um, he was actually an engagement gift from my now husband.
3: Aww. Aww.
1: Oh, Travis has got a lot so, of work to do.
3: Yeah, what's going
1: yeah, on? dream to get a horse. Yes. I'm like, wait a minute. I, I, I'm going to talk to my husband about this.
3: Uh-oh. I think uh-huh. I think the guy's going to stop people listening to the show if the expectations are horses for engagement gifts.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Our, our listenership may go down. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm super jealous, actually. I'm not going to lie.
3: <laughs> so for the past three is yeah. this is this your first year at Grand Prix? I mean you you've taken him from Pre St. George all the way up yourself? At Grand Prix. Okay. Well
4: um, we showed Pre St. George and I won the first year that I had him um, and then moved up to the Grand Prix last year. Oh, that's fantastic.
1: So tell us, Laura, what is your freestyle like?
4: Freestyle is actually some more modern music. But, um I should pop it. I made it myself, which I know is different than a lot of the freestyles that you're going to see that evening, um, but I did the choreography myself um, with, with the help of some other trainers that I got to ride with, and then I actually did all the music editing myself as well. So, so
3: awesome. yeah, yeah. What, what music did you choose, and what are some of the highlights that you tried to, uh, about Jack, that, that you try to highlight th- throughout the freestyle?
4: Well, so I chose having some pop music, and it's it's really lively and fun. Um, we have some "Gas Pump," "Get Lucky," "Stronger." Um, there is some Eminem in it, so it's it's a really fun mix. Um, and we try to highlight kind of a massage um, in terms of the pirates, like doing the Underclass, so we put that earlier on, and um, you know kind to try to conceal some things that are a really more difficult. Um but I think you know, the half pass is a real highlight of appearance so I think the top half pass is a nice impact in the freestyle and we really try to show that
1: off. Oh fantastic. I love it. I love fun freestyles. I think they're they're really the way to go. I think that's excellent. I hate fun. Yeah, Philip hates.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, they hate fun. But so, Laura, tell us, like, what is your plan for the week? Um, coming to, like, are you when are you heading down to the horse park?
4: I will actually be heading to the horse park um, tomorrow afternoon. Um, the all uh, is big, and I need to make sure I get my horse in there to school him tomorrow. Um, And then we're actually going to do the open class of the freestyle on Thursday so that we at least get to run through it with the music in the ring um, before our actual championship class.
1: Oh, fantastic! Well, maybe maybe I need to get a lead in with my horse tomorrow. I'm not going to lie; it is an impressive arena. I, we were talking about it online, um, and uh, it's beautiful. Uh, what they've done at the all Tech Arena is um, the Hunter Jumper National Horse Show was last week, and basically they keep up, you know, all the you know the tables and the hospitality and the vendors. Uh, a lot of them stay for this week in dressage, so that's It's really cool, but there are a lot – it's a very electric ring. I kind of poked my head in today when I I – I went and and, and went over there and kind of got organized. And there's a lot of banners and flowers. And so it's really neat. It really gives, you know, gives the idea that you're at a national championship. It's a
3: championship atmosphere.
4: Yeah. It's fantastic. So I'm with you. I like it, I think. And um, my horse is 19, but he – Gets kind of electric in those atmospheres, so um, definitely might get a little up. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> and, no, and I really think it's important to showing in that ring.
1: Oh, it's going to be great! Well, I will be there on Saturday night. Definitely, uh, I'll try to stay out of my pajamas. On <laughs> <Saturday
3: night. laughs> You'll stay up late for once.
1: <laughs> we'll stay up late, and, and we'll definitely root you on. And so we we hope you have a great um, ride, and we'll keep keep in touch with you. So, Laura, how would our listeners find you online?
4: Um, they can find me online at battlecoupessage.com or um, we have a battlecoupessage Facebook page which usually has the work up-to-date happening with our drawing. So, um, there's a the great place to come look and they have all my contact information as well. Fantastic. Well,
1: thanks, Laura, and good luck this weekend. Thank you so much.
0: This tip brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, the shoulder relief girth that Reese and Philip both love. And here's
5: why. The saddle fit solution you have been waiting for is finally here. Totalsaddlefit.com is proud to introduce the shoulder relief girth. This strategically shaped girth actually moves the girth line of your saddle back over one inch, thereby freeing your horse's shoulders from the saddle. Traditional girths pull saddles up against a horse's shoulders and often over the top of the shoulders. The shoulder relief girth's recessed ends allow for the billets to buckle into the girth farther back to give your horse unparalleled freedom of motion. We are so certain that your saddle will fit better and your horse will be more comfortable that for a limited time we are offering a 30-day, 110% money-back guarantee. If you are not totally satisfied with your shoulder relief girth, send it back for a full refund plus 10% of the purchase price. Don't wait. Order now for the best saddle fit solution available.
0: At totalsaddlefit.com. Visit totalsaddlefit.com.
1: Well, for our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, we asked Carly Fedorka to come back on and talk to us uh, and give us a tip about uh, training uh, a racehorse, a retired racehorse, and what are kind of the first steps in their dressage training. Well, we are so excited to have Carly Fedorka back for our trainer tip of the week from Total Saddle Fit. Carly, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) We're excited. So while we were chatting off air and and we really wanted to give the trainer tip of the week for a very specific um, person. And that is a person that has found a horse off the track and just kind of start us off on how you would start training that particular horse.
6: I think that there's a few really important things, but the most important thing is to treat them like a horse. Everybody assumes that these horses coming off the track track are extremely hot. Um, Not all of them are, but the one thing they're not used to is having nerves around them. So if you're going to be nervous around them, don't get a horse that's off the track. Have a trainer with you. Have somebody there to help you because none of their grooms, their hot walkers, or their riders have ever been nervous around them or on them.
3: Well, that's a good point. that's an awesome point. I was thinking you know um taking a horse off the track do you normally start with you know like a three-year-old do you start with some lunging sessions you know um, obviously they've never been lunged before so um you know what is the process like for for getting maybe the horse is a little bit older than than a three-year- old but uh do you basically start with the groundwork all over again?
6: I actually personally don't, and I think my strategy is a little bit different than most, but I try to keep it as similar to what they had on the track. So for me, it's a lot of hacking um, on a loose rein, not getting in their face, and getting them exposed to things in that calm hacking environment. So getting them out into fields, going over natural ditches, seeing creeks and streams, um, and not trying to introduce too much new to them. They've seen all that stuff on the track or at their training facilities, So just kind of getting them to transition very slowly without really blowing their brain.
1: No, I think that that's fantastic. And what do you do in regards to equipment and tack? I mean, obviously they've been ridden and they've had a bridle on, but what's what's your step as you transition them to a sport
2: horse?
6: Um, I try to keep... All of my horses in a snaffle. And if they need a stronger bit, I tend to think of that as some lacking in training on my part. So we go back to the drawing board instead of fitting them up. Um, I tend to do at least the first few months of all of my work with these young x ray horses in a jump saddle. Um, They don't need to have a really strong upright seat on them doing a sitting trot right away. Just letting them be loose and happy is really pivotal. Um, and then the only other thing that I add to some of them is, um, what I call the Oh crap strap. And I just (laughs) put a stirrup leather around their neck because the worst thing you can do when introducing them to hacking or jumping or anything is hit them in the mouth. So I try to keep as as much out of their face as physically possible.
1: No, I think that that's great. Like that's different than the, than a strap on your saddle, right? I mean, that is a physically a strap that goes around their neck.
6: Yep, that way you can. There's a spot for you to hold on to if they do get a little bit hot, or if they do take a big jump on those first full, uh, few trial and errors with you, because any pressure on a thoroughbred's mouth tells them to go. So it's this, it's the opposite signal of what you think you're signaling them to do.
2: And
3: yeah. how do you approach that with the training? And, and you know, are we talking about a lot of transitions, or you know, um, yeah. what's yeah? I mean, what's the, what's the strategy there?
6: Um, Nixon has been the one that I had for the retired racehorse makeover. That horse has been the hardest for me to try to transition from that grab the bit means go. And honestly, um, I call it my daredevil act, but the best thing you can do is just play Russian roulette and drop the reins on them. Um, if they go and you relax and you sit up and let just float the reins, almost like you're a hunter rider, they tend to come back to you immediately. But if you see saw on their mouth. They get hotter. So it's a lot of transitions of teaching an actual half halt and doing the squeezing of the sponge on one rein versus actually grabbing the bit. No, I think that that's a fantastic. And the,
1: also, like, and it may be specific to each horse, but when yeah. you think about how much you're going to train and ride that horse in the beginning, how do you make that decision?
6: Um, it really depends on the horse. I try to ride these guys that are coming off the track around um, four to five days a week, but I don't, I never do the same thing twice in a row. Um, especially with these younger ones, you can't just drill dressage into their brains. At the same time, you don't want to jump their legs off. So we'll do a lot of just meandering around, going on field trips, and just literally walking and exposing them to things is just as good for their brain as is teaching them how to do a walk-trot transition. No, I think that that's fantastic.
1: Well, Carly, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, If any of our listeners have any questions for you or any questions about Nixon, uh, because the horse that you won, the Retired Racehorse Project, is being sold, how can they get a hold of you?
6: They can email me anytime. My email is my first and last name, Carly Fedorka, but it's spelled kind of funny. It's C-A-R-L-E-I-G-H-F as in Frank, E-D as in David, O-R-K-A at gmail.com. And feel free to ask me any questions about him. Like I said, the an ideal and perfect home is of the utmost importance. So hopefully we'll find him that place soon. Fantastic. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Well, that was a great tip from Carly, and I hope that lots of people enjoy um, you know, retired racehorses. They're really wonderful horses. Um, so, Phil, we have an email uh, that we wanted to chat about.
3: Yeah. Well, um, this email comes to us from Maria Lackis. and um, I'll give you the short of it. I guess it's, you know, hi, Reese Philip. Um It was questions about... Uh, massage therapy and i know that you use massage therapy and a lot of people have are, are sort of um bringing it to their their training program and to their horses and it's really improving um you know your workouts and and your horse's performance so um the main reason for the question is sort of what does somebody expect to pay for a uh for a massage session so i guess we'll just throw it to you first there reese uh, what, what what do you pay when somebody comes in and gives your horse a massage? Well, I think that's a
1: really good, you know, I think that's a really good question, you know, and that's always with vendors that you have come into the barn. Um, You know, what is the average cost? And and I think a lot of it too does depend on your area of the country. Uh, I think there is some variability in the level of training, you know, just like anything, um, you can get a lesson, I'm just saying from a a USDF bronze medalist, or you can get a lesson from a USDF gold medalist, and there will probably be some division in in cost for that. But, um, For our massage therapist, she has done a wonderful job. Uh, Jennifer Oliver is her name, and uh, she's fantastic, and she's been a part of my team now. Wow, I'm trying to think when Jen started. I mean, we're probably pushing a decade now uh, where she works with the horses, and, you know, what's so nice about having a relationship with your massage therapist is they're just another, in my opinion, another sort of line of defense in a way for finding injuries. You know, no, she.
3: this is a, a resource and a person who's going to put hands on your horse and and somebody who should be pretty expert at, feeling muscle problems. so
1: Exactly. And, you know, in, in looking at the muscle of the horses or, you know, maybe they, they can, you know, she's fantastic at saying, you know, his back didn't feel like that last time. Um, and we have some horses that are on an every month program. We have some that are on every two weeks. Um, you know, when we go to a competition, again, I'm super lucky to be here at the horse park, but... Uh, she'll pop in uh, to see my horse and just give him a little relaxation when we're, you know, stuck at the horse show. She'll kind of pop in. So we are really good about that. Um, and I will also say, again, it depends on where you are. But here in the in the area, we pay, uh, an average is around $100. Um, and I have have typically jen now will travel to us in florida which is fantastic it was a little bit more expensive when we were in wellington um
3: everything's more expensive in wellington that's the way it goes right Yeah, (laughs) exactly
1: so we're paying around 100 dollars for a massage that's pretty much the average here in lexington uh how about you phil
3: yeah it's it'd be about the same it'd be about the same and it depends if you have uh, a bunch of horses lined up for somebody you're probably going to get sort of a the group discount but uh um, yeah, that sounds about that's that's about right. You know, and and uh, for sure, if somebody's coming to massage your horse, make sure you you get a reference from somebody and sort of you know investigate into their um, level of training. Make sure it's somebody who's been been doing it for a while, or at least has uh, you know a few years um, working working with uh, massage therapy and working with horses in massage therapy. I know there are some people who just um, Will come from the people world and and try and do animals. So um, I'm really, you know, talking about spending a little extra if it means you're going to get an expert. I, I'm all about that. You know, it's it's worth your money. You know, to get value in uh, in somebody who's really good. So um, I hope That's that answers great. the question.
2: Yeah,
1: I do too. And I was just going to say, real quick, Phil, Jen is great about giving us. Um, uh, we basically have a file folder on every horse when it comes to massage therapy she she at the end of the day gives a
6: report uh,
1: and that's really really helpful for her and for me because uh, I'm not always available uh, my manager's always here but sometimes I'm in and out and I don't you know get get to have a full conversation with her she'll always call me if there's an issue but uh, it's neat to kind of take a look at that folder uh, look at the horses and say you know wow you know this this was a problem or or you know, whatever it may be and see over time. So I am very thankful for that. And, and do ask when I'm traveling that or with someone that they, they do give a, a, a written report,
3: uh, yeah, which is good nice. point. Good point. Mm-hmm.
2: Great.
1: So we hope that helps. We love emails and Facebook shout-outs. Keep them coming. Uh, and you can find our show notes and links to, to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com.
3: You can find me at com, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com.
1: Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we will talk
6: to you next week.